attracted to Brad Pitt in a gimp suit. I want it on the record. You're trying to dig yourself out of that I one. I am not attracted to Brad Pitt in a gimp suit. I promise. Mm. I promise. Don't shift your weight. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello, and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah, and this is the world's only March Madness-style Brad Pitt-themed podcast, where we are pitting every single one of Brad Pitt's movies against one another in a quest to find the ultimate Brad. I hope we find him. I hope so, too. Out in the snowstorm, we're recording live from the polar vortex bomb. From the bomba, what'd they call it? I don't know. Bombalicious? <laughs> Bombastic? Crazy. It's, a, it's just a little blizzard. Basically, these people don't really know about blizzards, but Hannah okay. grew up in Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota, and so this is just like, yeah, that's a blizzard. There it is. <laughs> Snow falling a lot. Uh, it's very windy though. It's a little, it's a little treacherous outside. Yeah. I went out once, and I would, I wouldn't do it again. I went all the way to IKEA today because it was just a long story, but I don't recommend it. So if there's a polar vortex happening right now where you are, welcome. Um, we're happy to be inside your ear holes. If there's not a polar vortex where you are, welcome. We're happy to be Still inside happy. your ear holes. <laughs> and this is the first pitting of season two of March Bradness. Wow. Uh, it's been a long time coming, guys. So uh, We got some good stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And we decided to really start you guys out with a treat this week. Because you've slogged with us, especially at the end of season one there, where we were slogging through some stuff. Oh, we were hitting. What's a word for, I should probably use a basketball term, but I can only think of baseball when you swing and it like it like kind of hits the edge of the bat and then it goes like sideways. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. A, a slug. <laughs> a pop. A chip. <laughs> we're just, it was it was rough. We it hit a lot of sales. clunkers in a row. So yeah. we were like, let's give the good people of March Madness like a fun movie this time. Yeah. Do you want to guess what those movies are? If you listen to our first episode, you already know. But here we are. Get ready. It's uh, Inglorious Bastards. And we're going up against Ocean's 12, the second one for season two. <laughs> see, see what we did there? I, d- I didn't realize that we did that. <laughs> Because we did Ocean's Eleven first. Both of these are great. Yeah. These are both really good movies. These are big boys. Which I feel like is like the first time I've said that so far in the podcast. <sighs> I know we've been like waiting and waiting to get to season two. Like, oh, it's going to be all the good stuff is here. Like, we just got to get through it. And it really is true. Like, no matter what, we're always going to have like at least one critically acclaimed movie. Yeah, it's going to be one good one. Yeah. Except for maybe Tree of Life, but we'll get to that. We'll, we'll cross get that there. dinosaur-covered bridge when we get to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you want to start with the new one or the old one? I think we should start with the new one. Okay. Let's start with Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, so Inglorious Bastards, uh-huh. 2010, I think. Seems about right. 2009, maybe. It's Quentin Tarantino following a series of American Jewish-American soldiers in World War II German-occupied France, and they are scalping Nazis, because uh, that's how Brad says it. It is. Um, Brad Pitt plays Lieutenant Aldo Reed, and he's like a southern gentleman, and he's he really hates Nazis, as everyone does, because they're the worst. And they're just like trying to kill Hitler, basically, mm-hmm. is sort of the, the basic summary of Inglorious Bastards. 
I would say with like the main character is this woman who owns a movie theater. Shoshana. And uh, the Nazis killed her family when she was a child and she escaped. And she, like, there's like a, a Nazi soldier gets a crush on her. Yeah. And he's Oof. like, I have a great idea. We're going to host a big old Nazi party in your movie theater and mm. Hitler's going to be there. And it's going to be great. Like, and she's oh. like, mm. So she uses it as an opportunity to trap. Uh, everybody in mm-hmm. the movie theater and then burn it to the ground. Burn it. Kill them. Murder, suicide. Very satisfying. And like Definitely. Brad, Brad's storyline is kind of different from her. Like there's two separate storylines. Yeah, it's two separate films. Come kind back, of. They come back around at the end. Yeah, which was satisfying. Yeah. But then it's also like Brad got the victory that she kind of should have gotten. That's a good point. Um, I guess we can like sort of go into it. Full disclosure, I hate Quentin Tarantino. He's a bad... And I think Quentin Tarantino hates me as I am <laughs> a woman. No, for sure. <laughs> like, I, I'm trying to think of what else, what else I've seen by him. It, I can't remember. It was a movie. I, I had to turn it off because it made me so uncomfortable. A woman got thrown through the dashboard of a car and there was blood everywhere and especially all over her feet. <laughs> I feel like that describes a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't remember what else I've seen. What else has he done? Kill Bill, Django Unchained. Okay. He just did one where a bunch of men are trapped in a blizzardy western cabin with a woman who they're torturing, I think. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Okay. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, there's the one where all the girls are in the fast car and stuff. That's the one I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the bloody feet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I said this to you when we were watching it, but I got the distinct sense that Quentin does not give a shit about uh, <laughs> the way Jewish people were affected oh, no. by World War II and really just wanted an excuse to just have a lot of violence. Yeah. I, I feel like Quentin Tarantino just wants to say the N-word and kill people. Right? Which is like, he's like, how do I do that without going to jail? I know. I'll make movies I'll about it. I'll make a movie. Nobody can call me out because everybody wants to see Nazis getting killed. Yeah, which exactly. Which is, like, true. Which is, like, true. And it's, like, I feel like of all of the Quentin Tarantino movies that I have seen, Inglorious Bastards is the most stomachable. I feel like the violence yeah. isn't nearly as gratuitous as it could be. Definitely. Like, it didn't upset me the way that his other films have been upsetting. Yeah. I mean, there was the scene where Shoshana was getting choked Oh, that was the other... Oh, so, god damn it. That's okay. They looked the same. Welcome to Merch Bradness. I'm face blind, <laughs> and I get movies really confused, <laughs> and I thought the two women were the same woman up until the last 20 minutes of the film when one of them got killed, and then the other one was still running around, and, and then she like, got killed, too. Didn't she die? Yeah, okay. Shoshana got shot in the stomach. Okay, how come all the women got killed, and then all the men got to have their victories... Get the victories that the women were working towards yeah. the whole movie. I don't know, Sarah. Probably because Quentin Tarantino hates women. Um, this is a big old question mark for you. Question? Ya. Yeah. I have another question. Yeah. Why does Quentin Tarantino have a foot fetish? Because <laughs> he looks like a foot. <laughs> he does look like He's a foot. He's like, hmm, you have you a are fetish? what you eat. <laughs> Shrimpin'. <laughs> don't see Brad's feet in this movie. We're going to get off of this train. I'm done now. Uh, so the Brad. <laughs> this is a good Brad. He is iconic. This Brad is one that people always bring up when mm-hmm. you tell them about the project. Oh, definitely. They're, They're like, like oh. Inglorious Bastards. Am I right? Hey. I love- and then they always go, I speak Italian. <laughs> and it's like, 
That's not how he sounds. I love the guy in our Vox Pop for our intro episode last week yeah. who was like, he's a badass. He tries to speak Italian, but he can't, <laughs> which was very true. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't seen this movie before, and I think that's definitely his like most memorable scene. So they are spies, and they go with Shoshana to the movie theater. No, the other woman. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's the summary of this episode is... The other woman. Fuck! <laughs> they um, go with... What, does she have a name? I don't remember her name. Can we... But she was, like, a the German movie starlet who oh. was a double spy. So she was, like, in all what's the German good, propaganda movies. What's a good name for a German movie starlet? Helga. Okay, so they go with Helga to the movie theater. I don't know why they're in Shoshana's movie theater. Because they're trying to bomb it. Because they had the original plan to go and bomb the movie theater. That thing was originally going to happen. because they wanted to kill all the Nazis, and they didn't know that Shoshana also was planning on killing the Nazis because they didn't know she existed. So they that's why they had, like, the pipe bombs attached to them. And so they were going to the movie premiere so they could blow up the theater, and then they got foiled because Hans whatever, the super evil Nazi, figured out who they were and was like, nah, bruh. Uh, But then the movie theater blew up anyway. And then they carved a... um, a swastika into his head. They did do that. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Anyway, they, Brad Pitt and a couple of other soldiers are going with Helga uh, <laughs> to the movie theater, and he runs into some Nazis, and I don't know why they decided, oh, they were like, you have to have an Italian accent because they won't know that you're doing a bad job of faking it. Right, Like, yeah. the Germans won't be able to tell. Yeah, they were like, it. the Germans don't speak Italian. Yeah. Because they needed, they were, like, her Italian film crew, basically, for some movie, and then she was like, oh, we met on a film set, and then they won't know that you're actually spies because they don't speak Italian. Yeah. And Brad Pitt's like, I speak the most Italian. <laughs> So he, like, walks up to the Nazis, and he's like, Arrivederci. Buongiorno. Signore, è un piacere. Gli amici della vedetta ammirata da tutti noi, questa gemma propria della nostra cultura, saranno naturalmente accolti sotto la mia protezione per la durata del loro soggiorno. Grazie. Corlomi? Lo pronuncio correttamente? Uh, sì, uh, corretto. Gorlomi? Per cortesia, me lo ripeti ancora. Gorlami. Because he's got this really thick southern accent. This is the best Braxent. Braxent. Braxent yeah. that we've seen so far. It's, it's really good. consistent. It's very, like, because there's a level of absurdity to all of Tarantino's work, there's yeah. a level of absurdity to Brad's accent that really works Definitely. Well. That's a good way to describe this movie. It was, like, a little bit surreal. Yeah, it's surreal. It's very odd kind of fever dreamy almost, yeah. like a fever dream revisionist history. Yeah. I don't know. Brad fit yeah. really well in this. Into the strange universe. Because it is, it's like a comedy. Yeah. But it's like a weird. An action comedy yeah. almost. Um, Which like describes Brad pretty well, I think. Yeah. He's he's a comedic actor who always gets cast in action roles, yeah. I think. And he's able to play to both of those strengths. And I think that there are, moments that showcase both of those talents of his. Yeah. Like in the beginning when we're introduced to him and he's trying to get one of the German soldiers to like point out where the other soldiers are. You get like a hint of the military Brad Fury type. I saw a little bit of Fury. Where Mm -hmm. he's like, you're going to fucking tell me where they are. And then like explaining what was going on. But then you get, (laughs) I speak the most Italian. Yeah. (laughs) That's really, it's so good. Yeah. 
No, he was a little silly. He was silly, but like he was able to bring it when it, when he needed mm-hmm. to. Like mm-hmm. when he was coming down hard on the Nazis, he would. It was like the little flip would get switched, and he would become like pretty aggro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think is really interesting, and I think sort of creates a composite of what we're looking at in terms of Bradness. Yeah. I think both of those things are very essential Brad pieces. The comedy and the action and, like, that masculinity, but also that weird goofiness. Yeah. Um, Right. Like, Brad is never just, like, a totally straight macho guy. Yeah. There's always a little something. Yeah. Whether it's, like, tenderness or, like, this goofiness or something. Like, there's always a little something extra. He's no uh, one of the Chris's. You know? Yeah, no. Aside from the one that's funny. Yeah, but he cheated on his wife. Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> no, it's not funny at all. Yeah, they were like super in love and then he cheated on her a bunch because he got hot and famous. We um, all know Chris Pine is the best one. Is he? Yeah. I think of him as like, like when we're talking about this like boring, like one note masculinity that Chris Pine comes to mind. The Star Trek Chris? Uh, Chris Hemsworth comes to mind for me. For oh, that. maybe that's the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, the Thor? Yes. Yeah, he's the Marvel boring. Chris. Yeah, Marvel. Okay. One of the Marvel Chris's is boring. And then there's the anxiety Chris, Chris Evans, who everyone super has a crush on. And I'm like, <laughs> is it because eh. he has anxiety? I think so. I think the Tumblr crew really likes it. Millennials he, like, talks about love it. anxiety. Hey, guess who has a lot of anxiety? Hey, fellow kids. What's hey, up? Hey, fellow kids. What's up? You also enjoying that sweet, sweet fluoxotine? Uh, anyway, yeah, so there's Anxiety Chris, and then there's Chris Pine. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we've been asked a lot, like, why Brad and right. stuff like that. And I think it's it's really easy to assume that he would fall into that same yeah. a prior generation of those Chris's. Yes. You know? But I think that he's from an era of celebrity where that wasn't, like, that homogeny mm-hmm. wasn't as necessary. Right. I'm I'm even thinking about the differences and similarities between Brad and and Clooney. Yeah. They are kind of similar in that they both, I mean, they're friends, they've got that kind of goofiness, Mm -hmm. but they're they're still very distinct. Yeah. There's like Tom Cruise's of that era where like he had, like he's decidedly much more action. Yeah. More action and more more of that, like, just one there's note like masculinity more, yeah, that I'm thinking of. That, but then there's also, like, a mania to him. Yeah. Stuff. Like, I feel like of the era of Brad Pitt, late 90s, early 2000s, male movie star, I don't know, they're just all so different, because it's, yeah. like, Adrian Brody, Nicolas Cage, yeah. George Clooney, Tom Cruise, you know? Like, yeah. there's that now whole you got thing. Your, your Chris is Will or, Smith. Right. Oh. Now you got Chris or, like, I'm thinking of, like, the the um, Michael Sarah, the other one. You've got the more oh, yeah, kind yeah, of, like, yeah, like you get, fluffy, neurotic ones. Yeah, um, Jonah Hill and off-brand Jonah Hill. Yes, exactly. Josh Gad. Yeah, like, you've got your two categories. Who you can hire when you can't hire Jonah Hill. <laughs> Which is neurotic and masculine but they're all interchangeable like yes. you could put any one of them into any of the right. other one's roles and but like i i just i have such a hard time keeping them all straight they're all just like a blur yeah i don't know brad stands out yeah there's just something to brad that like is really interesting mm-hmm. and it's like i don't think you could get one of the chris's in a role like in glory like oh, the role of inglorious bastards even not. like even a little bit Mm-mm. no he was definitely he felt necessary to that role I hadn't thought about that. It, it's kind of a weird role. It's not really a super interesting role. No, but it's but so, he, he makes made it, it so compelling. He made it interesting. It really speaks to, like, this 
certain something that Brad Pitt seems to have yeah. and contribute into like film. Yeah, I guess. Like yeah. I don't know. It's just really interesting. He's not in a lot of the movie either. You know. Yeah. No. It was. It was surprisingly little. It was like I would say he's in it for maybe a half hour. Yeah. But it's like very very distinct. And it's like what you remember about Fairy. that movie. Um, which I think is really interesting. Hmm. This is some good stuff to chew on, I think. Yeah, I think we should let those let that simmer, let you think yeah, about let it. Let that knock around the old yeah. brain. Let's move on to Brad Reputation. Yeah, let's talk about what Brad Pitt's up to right now. Together at... Now the latest news on Brad Pitt. I have something I really want to talk about. Yeah, what do you want to talk about, and Sarah? I, I sent this to you when you were on a date... <laughs> Uh, I hope that you stopped everything you were doing to read it. Uh, I didn't not read that out loud. Thank you. This is from page6.com. Brad Pitt uses his real name when flirting. <gasps> and it's a story. I love this for multiple reasons. It's a story about how he like met a woman in like a Starbucks or something, and he introduced himself as William. And first of all, okay, first we of all, all know you're Brad Pitt. First of all, all of the information in this article is described as given to them by a spy. What? Yeah. Quote, he arrived by motorcycle wearing sunglasses, jeans, and a leather jacket. End quote. A spy tells us. <sighs> Which is like... Rusty? <laughs> Everything about this is amazing. Linus? Uh, she was acting overly bubbly and looked a little bit like Kate Bosworth, but it wasn't her. When the woman said, I'm Lydia, Pitt put out his hand and said, hi, I'm William. She replied, oh, you look like a Bradley. And he responded, well, that's my middle name, and winked at her. And then he, wow. rode, then he rode off on his motorcycle. Wow. It's just, just like, that combines... I couldn't write a better Brad Pitt fan fiction. It combines everything I love about Brad Pitt. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel, now I feel like that is Bradness, right? Like that's what Bradness is: is riding up on your motorcycle to a Starbucks, saying, "Hey, I'm William. Oh, you look like a Bradley. What's well, my middle name?" That is the winner of March Bradness. <laughs> like, interview. <laughs> Shut it all down, folks. We found it. Hannah has. A family friend who uses this phrase, Johnny, I'm going to steal it from you right now, uh, which is, it does not matter whether or not this is true. <laughs> it's so real. And I really feel that way about this article. There's... Like, I, I don't, it sounds true. <laughs> I don't care if it is, though, because it's great. Yeah, it's perfect. It's so good. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but before we settled on doing this as a podcast, we were tossing around like a series of comics of Brad Pitt yes, doing like everyday is, shit. This is the Brad at the DMV. The, this is DMV Brad. This is Brad at this week. We, I feel like we summoned this. I don't think this news article would be there if, if we, it weren't for our combined psychic yes. powers and the past year and a yes. half of work. I'm just thinking about Brad Pitt. <laughs> No, it's so, it's just, like, perfect. Yeah. I love motorcycle Brad. Oh, my I God. I love leather jacket Brad. I'm thinking about, like, I'm just thinking about Dark Side of the Sun. <laughs> He's in his crimp suit. <laughs> I'm William. No, yeah, no, Brad is perfect. Yeah. Brad would go to Star. What do you think Brad's Starbucks drink is? Oh, this is a, a, a question Ice for... Ice caramel macchiato. Yeah, I can see it. Because it's, like, sophisticated but, like, kind of trashy at the same time. Yeah. It, it has a lot of caffeine in it, but it's sweet. Yeah. And, Just like uh, Brad. You got that nice little waffle drizzle. Yeah. But not on the iced. Oh, that's true. But always, the iced is, like, good because you get those, like, chunks of caramel drizzle. Yeah. 
I always yeah. want to like ask for it. Yeah, you but can then ask I'm for like, extra I don't, caramel. I just don't want to be judged. Yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna judge you. I think, I think <laughs> people that work at Starbucks have seen much worse. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think iced caramel macchiato. I think that sounds right. Sometimes a flat white if it's cold out. Mmm, that's know? pretty classy. That's like the classiest thing you can get at Starbucks. I think so, in yeah. In my opinion. Uh, aside from that amazing chocolate drink that they discontinued a couple years ago. Oh, the truffle? More than a couple years ago. This was probably like eight years ago. But <laughs> it was so good. It was like a little tiny cup of like melted sipping chocolate. Ooh. I don't remember what it was called, but people on the internet know what I'm talking about. It was really good. Ugh, it was only there it. for like six months and now it's gone. Forever. I miss the caramelized honey. Oh, that was really good. Anyway. Well, I, yeah, I think that sums up Brad's reputation for now. I'm glad Brad is like flirting. Yeah. I feel like that's nice. I think he's making strides in this new year. Yeah. New year, new Brad. Yeah. New year, new Brad. I like it. Speaking <sighs> of uh, spies, <laughs> you know who's a great spy? The best spy in the universe? Rusty. Rusty Ryan. Rusty Ryan. And Danny Ocean. Uh, <laughs> Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12. 12 of them. There are 12, at least 12 people <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Because there's the Ocean's 11 and then there's Tess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was from season one. Yeah. This one made it through. This one won out against... Too Young to Die? Question mark. Oh, yeah. It, which clearly just like... Oh. Ocean's 12 fucking slaughtered that one. No pun intended. Mm. It was it was a, it was a total shoe-in last time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think Ocean's 12... Like, honestly, I feel like the Ocean should have been seized, like, seated. Oh, absolutely. Like, with this round. But I... Uh, so okay. Yeah, this is this is a round two qualified film mm-hmm. that w- ended up in round one. So it was like no contest for it to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. now it's gonna now have it's to gonna prove have to prove it's, it's worth. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar, Ocean's Twelve is the sequel to Ocean's Eleven, a series of heist movies featuring eleven to twelve. Uh, spies trying to steal stuff. They're they're heist movies. They're fun. trying to get an egg. Get in this egg. One. Get egg. So in Ocean's 12, they are slammed with debt and interest for a crime, the crime they committed in Ocean's 11 that they have to repay within, I think it's three weeks or Mm -hmm. something like that. And they were all out of the game, and now they have to go back in in order to thief their way out of debt, which is how I feel about my student loans. Brad plays Rusty Ryan, Uh sort of second-in-command head honcho to George Clooney's Danny Ocean of the Ocean's fame. And Brad is down on his luck. He tried to go into the hotel business, and it really did not pan out for him at all. But he's still trying. He's trying really really hard. He wants to be an entrepreneur. In the middle of all this heisting business when everybody's planning, Brad is, like, on his laptop, like, Like, doing work. Doing doing work on his hotel stuff, like, on the phone and stuff. He's like, ah. Went into a lot of debt. And the hotels, Toby McGuire's trashed one of his rooms, which was really funny at the start. Uh, and Brad Pitt is also in love. We talked about this last time, but I want to talk about it again just because it's so great the way this movie opens. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Brad Pitt is in the hotel room of his lover. It takes place in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. I think, this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why they all gather there just to steal stuff, I guess. They go to Amsterdam because Brad knows that Catherine Zeta Jones, oh. who plays his lover, ex lover at the 
start of the movie, loops there and is working there for Interpol, basically. Uh, and he's like, if we plan all of our heists in Amsterdam, I'll be able to see her again. So he went out of his way to plan Brad, those heists. you dirty dog. I know. And that's why he was like, don't tell Danny. You sly dog. When someone was like, Amsterdam. And he's like, don't tell Danny. Smart. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the movie opens up. He's with this woman and he's like got a shower running and he's like scruffing up his hair in the bathroom and she's like oh good news like they found a boot print of the guy the suspect and brad's like oh yeah and he glances down at his boots and she's like yeah they found one of his hairs too like we'll be able to find out everything about him in a couple days like whether he what kind of shampoo he uses if he has dandruff and brad like glances at his shampoo and his dandruff control shampoo and and he's like oh yeah and then he jumps out the window yeah it's great and there's like a freeze frame, like blurred still of like Brad's back hunched out as he's just jumping out the window. It's just, it's so good. It's such a good opener. It's so fun. I know we talked about this last time, but this movie is definitely, whereas the last one was more of a Clooney focus, this mm-hmm. one is a Brad focus. Definitely. Brad in his silk shirts and his quest to regain his love. Yeah. I feel like Brad is the main character for this one. Yeah. It's really, it's really satisfying. He's really, he's, this is just such a quintessentially Brad, Brad. I love Brad in this role. Yeah. I think it's... I love Rusty. It's like everything that was great about Brad in Ocean's Eleven. I know we talk about the Ocean's being a quintessential Brad. I guess let's talk about like why that is. We like to talk about... I think the Joe coined, Joey and Maya coined the phrase big collar Brad way yeah. back in the beginning to refer to this sort of like spunky, not necessarily quirky, but not not quirky. I interpret big collar Brad as having like a lot of like, he's kind of puffed up. Like yeah. He's got a bit of like a masculine ego. He's yeah. confident. He's suave. Probably wearing a silk shirt with yeah. a big collar. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's not, but, he, but he's still like, there's something kind of absurd about like, having a big silk collar yeah exactly it's kind of ostentatious yeah ostentatious is a really good word for it it's Um, a good dictionary word definitely words with friends (laughs) yeah i think the oceans brad really inhabits that sort of dual masculinity and absurdity that we were just talking about with inglorious bastards i think there's also an intelligence to this brad Mm -hmm. that is another component that i don't think we ever really talked about last season Mm -hmm. um that brad is just as good at playing a bumbling idiot as he is playing a really like sort of calculating character. Right. And I think we get to see both of those in this particular pitting with Aldo being a bumbling idiot, but also not really because mm-hmm. he is. No, he, I would consider him to be kind of idiotic <laughs> in Inglorious Bastard. Like, I feel like the, a lot of the Italian. Jo- <laughs> like, he was the butt of a lot of the jokes. Yeah. yeah. But Rusty is not, he made some bad investment choices. But he wouldn't be the butt of a joke. Yeah, he's not. He wouldn't, bo- like, botch an accent. Like, right. In fact, he's shown as kind of, he's shown as, like, very competent. There are scenes where he's handling conversations with uh, the Mark. Yeah. Yeah, him and Clooney are talking to the Mark, who's another super spy uh, thief who's, like, giving them information. And they're all speaking in code. Mm -hmm. And... ex-friend of the show, Matt Damon is there. Um, <laughs> Why is he the ex-friend of the show Because he's been saying a lot of really shitty stuff and not closing his trap about women being abused in Hollywood. Matt. <laughs> Goodbye. You were my friend, not anymore. <laughs> Redeem yourself, Matthew. Matt, you can come back when you're good and ready. Yeah, so <laughs> Matt Damon like is trying to incorporate himself into this meeting between Danny, Rusty, and the Mark. 
And he's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, I can do it. Like, I'm ready to be part of the planning. I'm like, okay. He, like, has a weird way of talking, though. Like, whatever. And they're sitting at this bar, and Brad and George Clooney and the Mark are all speaking in just, like, nonsense terms. It's very, just like... total absurd. Lewis Carroll, just, like, odd. Like, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So, the business? The business. A doctor who specializes in skin diseases. We'll dream he has fallen asleep in front of the television. Later, he will wake up in front of the television, but not remember his dream. And Matt Damon is like, starts quoting Cashmere by uh, Led Zeppelin. And oh, just like, I didn't know what he was saying. What? And they're like, why? You fucked that up. You fucked that up. You called his daughter a fat whore. And poor Matt doesn't know what's going on. But Brad, during this whole situation, like, is ten steps ahead. Mm-hmm. He's he's a little bit uh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. I say this because I've been watching, I've been binging MasterChef. But, like, Sick. he's just, like... In control of the situation, yeah. he knows what's going on, he sees how all the cogs are fitting together, and when it's not fitting together, he's just sitting there like, you fucking idiot. Yeah. What, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but in like a kind of like a fatherly way. Yeah, I think Rusty has a real sense of mentorship. Yeah, he's not a dad Brad, but he's like a step before that. He's yeah. almost ready to be a big dad. Big brother, big sister. Big brother Brad. Big brother Brad. That's a tongue twister. Big brother, big collar Brad. It's true, and I think that's really interesting, too. You get that sort of nurturing element to him. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't know. It's so good. I think unpopular opinion, apparently, in the Oceans fandom, but I really love Oceans 12. I don't understand why that's unpopular. I I like Oceans 12 so much better than I like Oceans 11. Yeah. And I don't know that I could tell you. I think that it's, like, 22 Jump Street is, like, weirder and more self-referential than 21 mm-hmm. Jump Street, and mm-hmm. I actually like it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same way. I feel like Ocean's 12 is being goofy. Yeah. It's kind of making fun of itself. Yeah. I don't know. I really like this Brad. I like what he's wearing. Yeah. His cinched silk trench coat. Very long like trench coat. Beetle colors and stuff. It's just, it's good. I don't know. I just love Rusty. I like his hammerhead shark tattoo. There is still a little bit of doofiness yeah like, like yeah. The, okay the fact that he jumps out of his girlfriend's window yeah when he's like oh shit is very there's like a little bit of like a college boy yeah component to it definitely and i think that same component is also present in inglorious bastards mm-hmm. of just kind of a, a doofus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's the kind of lovable mm-hmm. buffoon but he's more of a buffoon in inglorious inglorious is like a, a, a an older grufford dumber yeah. Inglorious Bastards is like closer to the War Machine Brad, you know? I feel like But like War Machine Brad if Brad gave a shit about War Machine. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if you guys have seen War Machine. It's really, really bad. It's on Netflix. It's not good at all. It's but a like, movie where like half the people thought it was a comedy and half the people thought that it was a drama and no one could make a decision yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really similar. Except know. Brad is like doing a good job. In Except Inglourious yeah, Bastards. Brad is giving trying. <laughs> it's a similar character though. Yeah, I was like this war absurd war general man. Yeah, yeah I think th- it's it's interesting. This pitting is interesting because I think what Brad is doing and what is being portrayed is very similar in each. Each half, mm-hmm. and both of them are killer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, they're both so good. Yeah, they're both very good. I feel like the character he's playing in Inglorious Bastards is a little more one note. Yeah. I feel like it's the same joke over and over. Yeah. Whereas I feel like 
Rusty surprises me. Yeah, I feel. I think. I think that's. There's an element of parody going on in Inglorious Bastards because it's weirdly two separate movies that no one really bothers to flush out. Like the the half with the women in terms of like backstory and motivation and everything is very well flushed out. Right. The half with Brad Pitt isn't flushed out character wise. Like he has like this huge scar across his neck. Like someone cut off his head, which is never talked about. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Not at all. Not like a Nazi tried to cut off my head. Yeah, it's just a full on decapitation attempt scar. I made the joke that it was the device (laughs) that tried to that did decapitate him in The Counselor which is the worst movie I've ever seen but um yeah that's a good way of putting it and I don't think that you can blame it entirely on the writing because Brad has managed to give us a sense of backstory Mm -hmm. in roles that don't have a backstory Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the image yeah where he shows up for about five minutes as a cameraman but has a really strong personality Mm -hmm. and presence during that time and Mm -hmm. like I don't know Gave you a sense that there was something more. Yeah. No, I feel it. I feel very much, I don't know. There's just like, there's a definite advantage to Oceans in that it is a Brad story. Yeah. You know, I think they try to couch it a little bit in George Clooney and um, Jennifer Garner's relationship thing and stuff but mm-hmm. like it's very much about brad trying to get his the this love of his life back yeah and then at the end when he reconnects her with her father yeah and stuff like that like there's a real sentimentality and tenderness to this brad right. that I really like. yeah like I, we get to see like both competent brad goofy brad and like the tender boyfriend brad yeah and those are all really great and i think those pieces all working together i don't know there's like a suaveness to him too yeah it reminds me like we talked about in and Brad reputation today, like just like it seems very quintessentially Brad. Yes, that that suaveness and that confidence. Yeah, confidence, but that willingness to make fun of himself. Yeah, like I think I liked what you said about Inglorious Bastards being like a parody. Yeah. It did feel like a parody, and like I think he did a really good job at that. Yeah, and it did fit into the movie. Like he yeah. super did a good job, but. It's memorable. It's it's really it's a solid performance, but because that aspect of mm-hmm. the film lacks the emotional nuance yeah. that exists in the other half. Yeah. I feel like, like Rusty is more of a character. Mm-hmm. Like I feel Rusty like, feels like more of a person. Yeah. I'm than, he's out there living his life. Yeah. I like to think Rusty's out there right now in Las Vegas. <laughs> like I feel like Brad would be able to tell us Rusty's favorite color, but I don't think he knows Aldo's favorite color. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's like also a lived inness to Rusty, mm-hmm. which like there is an advantage there because he's been him before. Been him before and he doesn't Brad doesn't typically do sequels. Yeah. Uh, which I think is interesting, and I think I'm interested to see how World War Z two turns out. Yes, if he's playing hurry, the same character, hurry, David, 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 we gotta, David, we gotta get it on the bracket, David. You have two years. <laughs> hurry up. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you agree. Yeah. I, I feel like you know, he, it's not that he did a bad job in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. This is season two. Yeah, this is season two, and you really have to step it up a notch. This is the tough decisions. Yeah, and it is a tough decision because it's like... Yeah. It's hard because Inglorious Bastards is such an iconic Brad, and it is such a solid performance. And I I feel like it's very polished. Like, I I would say that it is more polished than Rusty. Definitely. But I just feel like Rusty has, like, that heart. Yeah. It's like a heart and soul thing. Yeah, as opposed to, like, talent. Yeah, like, like it's very... Acting with right. a capital A. He's super polished. He's, like, super professional. His timing is really good and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it's almost too good, you know? Right, exactly. It feels a little more mechanical. Rusty, yeah. that lived in this. Yeah, I'm really, really nice. Yeah, 
I, to, yeah. to me, that is more Brad. Yeah. Than. Yeah. Than Aldo. I agree. I think it's a tougher decision than yeah. a lot of the ones in season one. Oh my god. But I think it's gonna be that way too. Yeah. Like I feel like this is gonna get real hard. I think so. I think it's gonna get hard, but I think I think Ocean's twelve. Yeah, I I I really like it. Yeah. I really think it's an example of a quintessential Brad. Yeah, and I think so. Gets to go, go on, go forward. Move forth, Rusty. Move along. Tumbles along. <laughs> Shimmies through an <laughs> elevator shaft. Oh, I made it. snacks. Holding an egg. <laughs> Got egg. Get egg. Oh, this is going to be controversial, but Ocean's 12 just stole the game from Inglorious Bastards. Fight me if you don't like it, I guess. Don't fight me. <laughs> don't fight me. But, like, you can send us, like... Oh, chime in, absolutely. Chime in. For sure, chime in. Let, Let me know. us know. You can do so through our website, marchbradness.net. Uh, you can do it on Twitter, at marchbradness. Uh, you can do it on Facebook, which is also marchbradness. Or you can go on Instagram and do march.bradness if you're so inclined. If you're feeling frisky. If you're feeling frisky, if you want to slide into some DMs. <laughs> Please slide, into, please slide into the DMs. It makes us so happy. We're like, what? So next week, we have a Brad Bite, which is going to be our replacement to our mini episodes. What's it going to be? It's a surprise. <laughs> Remember those blind box toys that were really big for a little bit yeah. in the early mid-2000s? Or uh, what's a, what's a, what's in Wonder Ball? Yeah, shit like that before only, Kinder Egg. Only 90s kids remember only the Wonder Ball. <laughs> before they cracked down on that law from the 30s. But yeah, so next week, Brad Bite. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to be doing our next official pitting of season two, which is going to be World War Z, like we were talking about earlier. See what we did there? <laughs> hmm. Got you thinking. Versus Seven. Oh, David Fincher. Fincher's back. I didn't know Fincher did seven. Yeah. This is a Fincher versus a future Fincher. Yeah. He doesn't even know it yet. Oh, oh man. I'm so excited. Yeah. I love David Fincher. Yeah. Seven is. I've, I've, I've never seen it. Ooh, is seven in what's in the box? Are we going to find out what's in the box? You're going to find You're going to find out what's in the box. I still don't know what's in the box. Good. But I have an idea. Oh, mm. It's his dick. <laughs> It is not. <laughs> it is not his dick in a box. Uh, uh, with that right. mental with that, image, we leave you. We leave you. Have a great day, week, month, year. 2018 is going to be your year. 2018 is going to be your year, and I'm proud of you. And I'm happy that you made it this far, and I'm glad that you're choosing to spend some of your time with us. Me too. TTYL. TTYL. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Bye. Bye.